Welcome to the Project Rook Podcast, your holistic pursuit of health and wellness. What's up, good people? Welcome to episode 52 of the Project Rook Podcast, your holistic and common sense pursuit of health and wellness. What is going on, good people? I am excited about today's episode. I have a guest on the line and we are talking about the state of black men's health, a silent epidemic. And I know when I say that, most people are thinking, I'm not aware of any epidemic when it comes to black men. And that's what we're going to talk about. But my guest on the line, man, he is, you know, what I consider when I'm, when I'm looking at the idea of health, the epitome of health, you know, he, first of all, he's an author, he's a health consultant. He has produced several documentaries, most notably urban kryptonite. If you have not checked out that you, that is a must. Um, he's also co-produced the full body detox, the movie documentary, And the brother has been all over promoting a lifestyle of health and wellness. But what I like the most about this brother is that he's walking and talk. He's living it. And so when we talk about black men's health, I don't know of anyone else better who can speak on it than a black man. I know, ladies, I know we think we know it all, but I'm just saying. (laughs) So with no further ado, give it up, good people. Welcome to good brother Cochise to Rock Hey, it's good to be here. I appreciate you reaching out. And, you know, there's, and we've been watching you for a while. And, you know, I've been watching you drop the hammer on people. So I'm always laughing <laughs> at some of your stuff. You you know, you're not easy on them, but it's necessary, you know. Right. It's definitely necessary. Right. Well, let's jump right into this thing. Uh, for those people who don't know you, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what it is that you do and how you kind of came about to be on the health and wellness scene? Uh, you know, I first of all, Coach East I've been, you know, I played professional basketball for about 16 years. And uh, during that time, I just went to different countries all around the world and resided in 20 of them. But I'm also a dual citizen and that I am, I have family in the Dominican Republic and I am, I actually live down to and from Dominican Republic so I've gotten a chance to see life from the Caribbean and also travel to European, Asia, Middle East, all these different countries and just kind of being like a cultural anthropologist, just looking at all these different cultures and trying to understand what is it about individuals, what helps an individual to live longer and what do people do to truncate their lives. So after college, you know, I did graduate with a degree in criminal justice. I was going to Kent School of Law, but, you know, everybody... You know, from where I'm from in Detroit, you play a ball, you think you're going to the NBA. So I did make it to some NBA um, tryouts and stuff like that. But the career path just sent me overseas. So in the midst, while everybody was partying and doing all that, I can't tell you that I wasn't partying overseas. I was, but I've never been an abuser. I never did the, the alcohol and the smoking or the drinking. That was just, it just never really was me. So, you know, I did party, but, you know, I kept it to a minimum. And I had my wherewithal to at least be watching these different cultures, whether it's Beirut, Lebanon, whether it was in China, Istanbul, Turkey, 
Germany, Austria, Belgium, France, Tahiti, wherever, Venezuela, all these places. It was interesting to see how these people interacted, their cultural norms, uh, dietary practices. And it was funny to just see certain people live longer lives and they didn't have the resources we had. And so that's really where I just kind of bottled down and said, you know what, let me start noting some of the stuff, mental notes, of course. And um, it was an injury when I had an injury that kept me out for two years. I had five surgeries on my foot. They wanted to cut my foot off. And I had five surgeries on my foot. That was a scary time, man, I'll tell you that much. I had a, got a surgery done in Dominican Republic against my family's wishes. They told me to come back to the States. And my mother even told me to come back. And um, just, I'm, you know, I'm on that poverty conscious mentality. They're going to pay for it here in the Dominican Republic, so I'm going to do it here. <laughs> instead of, and, and when you pay for stuff, when you free usually ends up being costly, especially if it comes to your health a lot of times. Ooh. Unless you live in, in the Caribbean or somewhere where you got fruit and stuff like that. But in terms of the treatment, it usually winds up being costly. It's not going to be a, uh, a true quality of what you would get if you were to pay for it. And so that's what kind of set me out. And my foot got infections and one of my little brothers died. I had to come home. That was a tough time for me. And, um, you know, but I learned a lot. I learned how to help to eat the right things, to heal myself, to get myself to back to playing. When doctors told me I would never play again, that I just needed to concentrate on walking. And so that was uh, interesting. And they put a, a titanium toe uh, in my, they put a titanium steel joint in my toe. So I'm really literally the, the true living bionic man. I don't know if you're old enough to yeah. remember. It was a show <laughs> called The Bionic Man, but I really am that individual. I don't love it. But I've come to accept it and it's given me new life. So I'm thankful for that. So just been writing, writing books, you know, and then I realized, you know what, writing books is good, but you need to start putting this stuff on video. And that's where we came with the documentaries and coupled up with uh, Tahuti and the brother Saladin. And we made some some really good quality content for people to stay interested in. And, and I just kept it going with books. I got a new book coming now called The Vitality Blueprint. And that book was just inspired by people that are a certain age chronologically, but they look another age biologically. So chronologically, you may be 40, but you look 20 because of the things that you eat and the things that you avoid. So that was um that's really where I'm at now, just and then putting out the content each and every day. But I knew I couldn't be a preacher because that just you know, I'm I'm I won't say I'm too crooked for that, but I just say I'm not fit. <laughs> that's a lot of pressure. You know, that's a lot of pressure. So I'm I'm not on that that paradigm. But this is the next best thing that I knew that I could do that came natural and I love helping people that's just kind of something that's in me, always has been in me. So the next best thing is to just help people. Um, stay around longer and understand what they can do to help themselves and also to be around for their family. Right. Right. So let me ask this. Did you, I know you were speaking about kind of being out there and partying, but diet wise, did you find yourself, you know, on that other side, kind of living that standard American diet and lifestyle? And, you know, what was the turning point? Was that the time where you went through the surgery, was that the moment that you knew that you kind of had to 
and, and what role did that even play in, I guess, your healing process? Well, the, the, the diet definitely played a role, but i tell you where it all started. Listen, all of our parents, most of our parents, what happens is a lot of the problems, a lot of the issues that we have today are from that the food that we were fed when we were younger. So we got trained. We got programmed. Now, it's not that your parents didn't love you, didn't care about you, but what happened is they're operating from their paradigm of knowledge. So their paradigm of knowledge said to eat this fried stuff, eat this canned stuff, you know, at least where I come from, we weren't rich. So, you know, you taking stuff from the government, you taking the government cheese, you're eating this in cans, you cutting that thick cheese and you're eating all this old stuff, powder eggs, you eating these things for survival. And you're thinking that this is the way of life. So even if you were to get money to come to a place of economic security, a lot of us still eat some of the things that are detrimental. So what happened is I've always kind of been athletic. I've always been somewhat health conscious. I'm not going to say all because we used to do chicken and fries every day, pork chops. So <laughs> I I definitely, I definitely was there, especially at training table in college. We hoping and you know, you could eat what you want because you're like, I'm going to burn this off anyway. Right. So what happened is I came into the knowledge of Hebrew Israelites. I don't know if you're familiar with mm-hmm. that. Most people are. And it was the Hebrew Israelites that really changed me into in terms of my my diet, because then I had to follow, I had to adhere to the dietary laws of Leviticus. So that was the turning point 20 years ago for me, because my man's uh, Uncle Chuck, my man's name, uh, Omari Gordon's uncle, Uncle Chuck, came from New York, brash and brazen, just talking all this stuff to us in the basement. And he like, you the, you know, black man is this, this and that. So, you know, I'm like, whoa, well, tell me more. He pull out all these papers. So we get that information. Now, Uncle Chuck was a radical, but what wound up happening is once I went to college, I started, I came into the knowledge of Hebrew Israelites on 75th and Kingston, and that's where I started to join the class. Now, they weren't like the New Yorkers. The, the brothers from New York are, are much different. That's a different cloth. Those guys stand out on the corner and they go at you and all that, but the way that I learned it was um, under the knowledge of uh, Brother Bowie, and we just started, and you really had to hold those holidays. The stuff that was really in the Bible, you had to hold that, the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, all that stuff, and the dietary law. Ooh. That's when I said, I had, I got to cut out my pork. This this really changed me. I said, I got to cut out my pork. I got to cut out my shrimp. I got to cut out my catfish. Now, you know, you know <laughs> that as a, as a woman of color, as a black woman, you know that these are three things that we hang our hat on. Yes, sir. Now, I need, I'm not even going into the ham hocks and all that other stuff. I'm just keeping it with that basic stuff. So it was a transition. But I tell you what, it was one of the best transitions because what it did was it, it allowed me to work on my discipline in relation to diet. So now once I got something that made even a little bit more sense to me and something that I felt that I could do that I wanted to do, then it was not a problem for me to make that adjustment. So it was the it was the the Hebrew Israelites uh, back in 1998 that really changed me uh, mentally in terms of following the, the food doctrine and understanding that diet is a big portion of it should be a portion, a big portion of all religions, if you want to call it, if you want to go that that far. So I didn't understand how people today, even if I bring it up to them, how you think that you could be spiritually, that your mind could be clear. I, I mentioned this last night on an interview with these uh, guys in London, the brothers in London, that 
how is it that people can go in and study all this Kemet stuff? And you think that spiritually you're going to be straight, but your body is not clean. You got all these chemical obstructions bothering you. So you can't be like the ancestors that you're claiming to try to be like, because number one, they weren't eating what you were eating. They had, they were higher. They were much more spiritually elevated. So it was a different time. A lot of things that we consume in the herbal sense of like fenugreek seed, that was something that they did frequently back then. Acacia, cayenne, these are all things that they did in Kemet for those that are on that, you know. So it was the Hebrew Israelites and um, the turning point, yeah, that was back in 98. You know, I'm an old man, so that was back. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago, but it really, it really changed my life. I tell you that. Well, I think that's interesting. And people get upset when I bring up the, the element of religion. But I just find it fascinating, just as you, as you just said, that, you know, we follow supposedly these religious belief systems, but we don't actually follow the tenets that are linked to that. And there's somehow just a disconnect that, you know, we, we, I never hear anyone quoting the body is a temple. That's, you know, the, the, the fact of, you know, gluten, glutinous and gluttony rather. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's true. But anyway, well, go ahead. Yeah. You know, just, just as a, just to interject, you know, what's interesting. We, man, as, 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 as people, sometimes we like to extract what we like to use. So I usually get on people because most people that hear anything that I may have to say about wellness, they always ask me, have I heard of Dr. Sabian? You know, sometimes they're on me because I may mention broccoli and stuff and they go into the man-made thing and I tell them it's a reason that I do that. I can't take a man that's just eating pork chops and chips and tell him that he can't eat broccoli because he's going to be too confused about well, what, I can't eat broccoli. I can't eat almonds. What do you mean? This is, so I don't I don't take it to that extreme. But what I do explain to people is I said, here you are. You're mentioning uh, Dr. Sabi, who is great in in his essence and his element in his own right. But yet and still, you're asking how to what can I do to, to improve my health or fast? And I'll tell him that Dr. Sabi didn't eat for a month, 30, 40 days. Now, you love Dr. Sabi. And Dr. Sabi told you many times how he cured himself by stopping, stop eating, by drinking water, by cleansing and purifying. Now, yet and still, you won't do that, but you'll adopt every, you'll, you'll take the weed that Dr. Sabi smoked. You'll use that, but you won't, you won't do the other things that Sabi did that were challenging, but that ultimately led to his uh, health transition to a better life. It's interesting how people I guess we all do it, but many people, they like to take and pick what they can use instead of using everything in its entirety. Well, you just brought up a, a good a good topic here that I, I you know, <laughs> let's just talk about it because I hear all the time that, you know, in regard to smoking weed, smoking marijuana, this is healthy. You know, it's an herb, it's natural, um, came from Mother Earth. We smoke. There's nothing wrong with smoking. As a matter of fact, I've heard people advocate that you should smoke. That is actually beneficial to you. So what are your thoughts on smoking 
weed and the effects not only just in smoking in general but since we were talking about you know the state of black man's health um many of us are not only smoking we are you know straight out addicted and we don't even realize it right um you know the thing is is i look at let's look at this like uh let's take dairy so let's compare the the dairy and uh, what i mean is the body's reaction when most of us are lactose intolerant, along with the Ashkenazi Jews, who are also, most of them, 90-some percent of them are lactose intolerant. So the thing is, about this lactose intolerant thing, what the body will do is, the body will, the stomach will start to hurt, you'll have flatulence, and what many of us say is, well, I'm lactose intolerant, and they'll laugh while eating uh, whatever, while drinking the milk or whatever it is that they, they're drinking, but it's the body's way of telling you that I don't want this. See, we haven't really learned how to look at the body's signals in terms of, look, this is what's going on here. If you have smelly underarms and you're sweating, that means that your your diet is bad because from a traditional sense, you really don't, shouldn't need deodorant or very little, if at all. So when you come to weed or smoke of any kind, what is the first thing that happens when that smoke gets into your throat? The first thing that happens is you start coughing. Now, that is the body letting you know, I don't want this in here because a cough is a beneficial effort to dispel bacteria from the body. Mm. The body is telling you, I don't want this. Now, when you have a deeper cough, so it starts as a cough and then it may, you know, in, in the terms of contracting illness, it may start as a, just a general cough and they call that a cold. When that cough is not good enough, the, the, the cold will go deeper into the spongy organ known as the lungs. And then it'll have a deeper cleansing and you'll, the cough will get more serious and the body will get a little bit weaker and they call that pneumonia. So what we see is that coughing, much like many sneezing, all these different things, these are, these are tools for that your body uses to let you know that something is wrong. Now, what we tend to do is we tend to suppress the tools that the body has. Oh, you got a fever. Well, if you got a fever, we got to change that. We got to take some medicine. But the fever is, is heating up. Your head is heating up so that you can destroy the pathogens in the body. So when you nullify the fever, you're really going against your body's own, your own biology. So getting back to the the whole weed thing, the, the idea is that when you cough, that means that smoke should not be in there. I don't care if it's smoke from a chimney, if it's smoke from what's that thing that they be doing. Um, when I was in the Middle East, they used to do it. What's them bubbles? What's that stuff called? You know what I'm talking about. The, uh, the, the thing that everybody be hookah, hookah. Yeah, they used to try to get me to do that in Kuwait. I'm like, man, I ain't doing that. SH, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, I ain't doing that, dog. Get out of here, man. Well, so, I had someone to tell me the hookah was better, was better than actually smoking. And I'm like, what? Yeah, they, yeah, they, they like to, you know what? Again, when you dealing with addicts, an addict is going to justify. I've justified some of my acts, some of the things that I've done on my actions. Like, nah, just a little bit, or you know, you're going to justify because you got to rationalize it to yourself. You got to be able to rationalize that. So, with the weed, the, the other issue is, is that when you, what you're doing is you're, you're changing the body's. Uh, chem especially the brain, because the brain is like 90% circulation, blood circulation. So what happens is when you smoke and that 
that blood is circulating up there and it's circulating the weed smoke or whatever, that's a toxic, that's like a toxic reaction. So you start to get what's called high. So when you get high, the body's saying, wait a minute, this is too much blood up there. What happens to weed smokers once they, after they smoke for a while, they get hungry. The reason that they get hungry is the body's like, okay, we got to get all this blood off of the brain. And what we're going to do is we're going to cause a reaction in the stomach to make you hungry because that blood circulation coming from there to your stomach is going to need to digest all of your food. Otherwise, you would kind of your brain would kind of explode almost a short circuit, if you will. So that is not good if you're being if your mind is being altered and there's toxicity up on your brain. Yes, I'm not saying that the, the marijuana plant and all this, the cannabis is not beneficial. It is. But you could use the oil just like they had when I was in Holland last year, the $50 oil, the cannabis oil. You can use it with the THC or the um, the CBD. You can use either one of those. If you, But just say that you want to get high, man. Don't try to act like, yeah, I'm doing this for medicinal dog. You're 20 years old. What what med- What problems do you have? <laughs> what kind of, what you talking about, man? You 15, 16, what problems do you have? And look, if you take it even deeper, which I talk about in Urban Kryptonite, the book, for you to get caught with that, you're going to get prosecuted at a much higher rate and much stiffer sentences than somebody from another another race. It's just how it is. For For garbage... Guys are getting thrown away for two years or three years or five years for a couple pounds. It's like, hold on. This is a couple pounds here. We, why am I doing all this time over a couple pounds? But uh, Joe uh, Lickstein, he only got a slap on the wrist and he, he had to do community service. What's going on here? So it doesn't benefit you in the physiological ways in terms of your health, but also in a social way. It doesn't benefit you at all. You could juice the baby leaf or... You can if you you know if you're into that if you just gotta do the uh, what do you call it, the edibles just mm-hmm. do that man you know what I mean you don't need to if you really hurting like that if you need the analgesic properties and the healing properties okay if you want to smoke you're gonna get something from it but you're gonna damage yourself as well that's what I'm saying got it got it so the the plan itself is not the problem it is the the chemical change that is happening once you light that fire to it. Just like with any food, beloved. Right. That's right. Right. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. Um, wow. So <clears throat> I guess let's just from a male's perspective, you know, when we are okay. looking at black men's health, what do you see right now is the most critical area of focus or should be the most critical area of focus for us right now? The most critical area of focus in terms of uh, black man's health, you know what I, I would say it's the heart. And by the way, not just for black men, but for the for the world. But let's go. Let's just stick with the black men. You got a lot of you got a lot of stress. You got a lot of issues you got to provide. There's a lot of environmental issues that you're dealing with. And those things tend to weigh on the heart. And usually what happens is because of the amount of stress and the diet that we're, what we're doing is we're following a diet that's laden, heavy laden in grease, oils. And the problem with that is if anybody's familiar with, um, what's his name, Dr. Esselstein, um, he had a book, Dr. Esselstein, about reversing heart disease. The issue, before I even jump on that, the main thing is you got to understand that the United States 
is number one in the world in angioplasties, uh, bypasses, heart surgeries. How is that possible? We're number one in the world and we're only 5% of the world population, just 5%. So you got to know that our diet is a little bit different as opposed to these other countries. Not a whole bunch, but we're number one in the world in obesity. So where there's obesity, there's going to be issues with the heart. The issue is that most of our diets consist of a lot of oil, a lot of grease. The problem with that, if anybody is listening, because if you have a heart problem, you have an erectile dysfunction problem. Don't let anybody try to trick you and act like you don't have one because what's going on is that oil is damaging the endothelium. And these are the layers of the arteries that are responsible for helping to produce nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is what helps to dilate those arteries. So if you don't, if, if, you, if your arteries are smothered or the endothelium is damaged from the oil, what's going to happen is the heart is going to shut down and function. Why? Because there's a circulation problem. So the heart, you're looking at two different things. You're looking at a circulation problem and a mechanical problem. A circulation problem is a heart attack. Uh, a mechanical problem is cardiac arrest. Those are two different things. Most people, most of us have those heart attacks, not just from the diet, but from stress as well. So it's the, it's a lot of the oil and stuff that we're dealing with in our diet. And believe it or not, some of the things that we think are super healthy are not as healthy, like nuts, for example. I like to consume the seeds and stuff like that, but obviously you want to do that in the raw form. But most of the trail mix that you would consume, number one, it's got a lot of saturated fat in it because the nuts have saturated fat. But number two, if you look on that package, if it's not raw, I promise you it has canola oil, cottonseed oil, um, all kinds of soy sunflower bean. oil, yeah. soybean. So it has all these oils and you're thinking like, man, I'm eating healthy. What's going on? But you're not eating healthy. And now I'm giving you the aspect from a person that's eating trail mix. We know the mix. They <laughs> may be, you know what I mean? They're not doing that. They're eating burgers and fries. And I gave you something that was healthier. So your arteries, listen, back in the day, blood pressure was like something. High blood pressure was something that your grandparents got. Now you got people 25 years old, brothers 25 years old. Why? Because the, the new soul food, whatever they try to, they try to blame a lot on soul food. But the new game is the fast food stuff. So now I'm going to stop at these commercial restaurants with dollar menus and two dollars and I'm going to eat me four or five burgers. You asked me, was I in that game? I used to. Let me tell you something. I used to destroy McDonald burgers, the double cheeseburger. I'm like, oh, this 99 cent menu. What? Oh, I used to destroy that. <laughs> me and my guy. Listen, especially when they had the Big Macs, they used to have the Big Macs for like a uh, buy one, uh, get one free. I used to have I used to have people. Some of my girls, I used to be like, look, baby, just go in there. I need you to order this so we could get that free burger. I need you to give me that. And then I would go in. So I would have me like four Big Macs. I was lifting a lot. <laughs> I was doing it all. But what the, the thing is, is that those became the new. Uh, it, they became the new soul food, the fast food stuff. So not only are you going to eat the oil and the grease and all that, but you're eating oil and grease that's been cooked over and over. Back in the day when we grew up, the thing was is that your mama made you save that old cooking grease. No, you uh, put that in that coffee mm. can 
and, and eat that. You gonna eat that cooking grease again? We gonna eat that. And so in my house, you might sometimes you might get chicken that tastes like fish because we had to strain and use that fish grease. But when I look back on it, that was toxic as an Emma effort. That was so toxic because that grease was all black and all of that. So to answer your question, one of our biggest issues is the heart problems. And that leads because the same arteries that travel, here's the thing, the arteries travel throughout the body. So if you have a clog over here, you have a clog going into that uh, sexual reproductive area where the penis is not getting enough circulation to lift it up because it's blocked by the damaged endothelium or the, the, the fats or whatever that's there, which ultimately turn into plaque because there's so much cholesterol there. And they blame cholesterol, but cholesterol is what saved you. Cholesterol right. didn't kill you. It, did, it it saved you. Right. I think you bring up a good point, though. And, I, and, you know, we, I guess a lot of people don't talk about it, but there are a lot of brothers, seemingly younger and younger, who are suffering from impotence issues. And, yeah, you know, feel sorry for in, their, in their 20s who are needing... Yeah. I mean, we can just ask the good brother Tahuti and, and the sales yep. for all of his men's sexual herbs that have to do with, you know, hang time and, 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 yep. and, you know, all of that is through the roof. And so it's something to be said about the connection. It's something going on here. And we got to know that this isn't normal. Hey, let's let, let's let's go back to to the great teacher, Dr. Sabi. If you remember his story, people go look and listen to Dr. Sabi's story. Sabi told you that he had a problem with erectile dysfunction. And that's what woke him up. <laughs> because I, th that will wake you up. And that yeah. will make you change your life. And so what happens is most of us, unfortunately, most people in life, they don't move or they don't look up until they flat on their backs. So unless there's pain, there's not going to be any kind of movement because you're thinking, I, I said, I, I would say this about five years ago. In one of my books, I explained to people that don't associate good health with the absence of symptoms. Don't think just because you don't have something that, that because you don't have a symptom doesn't mean that something's not present. So the reality is, is that we rely and we wait to see something for something to happen. And sometimes when that something happens, it's already too late. You already behind the eight ball. Right. So, so with us, you know, it, with, with men in particular, we really have to do a better job and we consume so much, ah man, coping mechanisms, the drink, the smoke, because we need to relax because there's so much pressure. Maybe you got pressure from the old lady to, to bring in some bills. You got pressure at the job. One of the reasons why I'm almost incapable of working for somebody else is to go, you know, to go to uh, a place where I may know more than somebody else. So they trying to, you know, they're, they're, they're trying, I can't be myself. That's one mm -hmm. of the biggest, a lot of us, we go to these places, think about, let's be real. Most of us that go to our jobs, you might as well go to Hollywood because you're acting. You're not going to be your same self at home as you are on the job. Because it's not going to it's it just doesn't it doesn't suit. And for me, I need to be myself. If something happens where I feel like I need to use profanity, I don't need you telling me that I can't 
use profanity if it, if it just comes out. Not that I'm promoting that. It's not something that I'm promoting. Right. I'm just saying that, you know, sometimes you may hit your foot and you may be like, you know, whatever. Or something may anger you or something may happen out of just out of the blue. So the idea that you have to go and you have to be told what to do and you have to wait. You have to somebody has to tell you when you can go to lunch, when you can, you know, when you can take a break. You may be tired earlier than your break time. That puts stress on the body. And for most males, even though I know that males are not the sole providers these days like it was when our grandparents and kind of grew up and our parents grew up. I'm just saying that for those for those kind of guys, it's a lot of stress. It's a lot of stress. And and unfortunately, uh, many, many of us are, are being targeted. Many black males are being targeted for more reasons uh, than one. And if you and if you're part of a game and you're not equipped and you don't know you're part of a game, it's going to harm you badly, especially if your health, if your health is gone, it's easy to get to you because your thoughts are not going to be clear. Right. Right. That's a great point. Oh, man, that's a great point. And this is one of the things that I like about what you do and how you do it is that, you know, you not only promote health and fitness, but the wellness piece. And when you start talking about the impact of stress, I think we underestimate it because, as you say, you can't see it. You don't see the impact of what it's doing on the inside until it has done enough damage where it now manifests on the outside that you can actually see it. So what what do you think? I guess the question would be, how do you define wellness? And, and what would be your overall thoughts about how black men can keep themselves well? Uh, that's a good question. You know, one of the one of the ways that that I define uh, wellness, obviously, is I, I do a checklist. And these three things, no matter what, you don't have to really, you don't have to pay much for it. Number one, I learned this from my grandfather. Are you getting enough sleep? My grandfather today, today at 84 years old, and he quote unquote contracted diabetes like 30, 40 years ago. He's 84, 85. And he goes to bed at eight o'clock, nine o'clock. Now I know to some people that may be insane, but he gets up at four or five on his own volition without a clock, without anything. Mm. So you get, you're getting enough rest, getting enough water. Do you have enough water? Now the human body is 70% at birth for men, for women, uh, women drop down to 50 some percent because of the fat storages. So are you getting enough water? These two things alone, let's just say you were reckless and you're eating. These two things alone are enough to keep you around, to keep you well, to, because the water is going to filter out a lot of the garbage that you're consuming. If you don't have the water and your blood is 83% water, your bones is 20-some percent water, your liver is 75% water, your pancreas is 70-some percent water, your muscle 80-some percent water, you're already sick. Already. Forget the food that you're going to eat. You're already sick or you're dehydrated because at the bottom of every illness, is dehydration or malnutrition. One of those two things. And don't think about a, a child that you see on TV that's got a big belly, that's got flies around them from Ethiopia. Don't think of that as malnutrition because malnutrition means badly nourished. It doesn't mean skinny. So people that are overweight are badly nourished. So the nourishment has to be there. The other thing that I would say, you got to consume some kind of raw 
raw fruits or raw vegetables. I know people that they don't do either. They don't do either of the two. Matter of fact, and these people drink pop. They don't even like water. So the thing is, these are three basic things that you have to do. You have to get micronutrients into the blood. So I define wellness as being vital, having the vitality to do what you want, maintain energy, live the life that you want, have a healthy sex life. If that's if you got your partner, whatever it is that you're doing, you can't be out here. You can't be unable to perform in whatever area of life. Being able to perform at the highest level, you just helped me out. You just helped me. You didn't even realize it. Being able, the definition in my estimation is being able to perform at, at all areas of life that you desire at the highest levels of those particular areas. That's my definition of wellness. If you want to be a, a business person, can you perform at the highest level? If you want to be the healthiest, you know, whatever track runner or whatever weightlifter, performing at the highest level, not having the obstruction of the physiological, the health piece that's holding you back. If you want a great sex life, you can't do that if you have an erectile dysfunction problem. So if you want to work for 12, 14 hours a day, you're not getting tired. Well, you need to be healthy. You need something that's fuel. You need the proper fuel that's going to help push you through instead of being exhausted and living your life relying on coffee, which is tearing your body up anyway. But that's another subject, you know, just relying on these these pick me ups because you, you weren't born with coffee. You understand? You weren't born with this stuff. So this stuff is not something that you absolutely need, but you've come to tell yourself that you need it. Right. Right. It's funny because, you know, when I am there, there seems to be this ongoing movement of, um, you know, anti-black man movement, particularly by black women, interestingly. And, mm -hmm. You know this whole idea, this uh, of of feminism and um, it supposedly empowerment, but ah, I don't know. It it it's has a very negative tone to it. It is um, mm -hmm. counterproductive, in my opinion. And when I sit down and look at the numbers in regard to black men's health, I see black men are living less than any other group. I see 40% are dying from cardiovascular disease compared to 20% of white men. I see suicide is the third leading cause of death. So when I see numbers like that, but in general, when I think of health and fitness and the resources that I see available, I see a lot of things that are catered to women. So I'm wondering in the midst of trying to liberate quote unquote, the black woman, have we lost sight of our men? And what are the resources that our men need? Um, in terms of trying to, you know, there's this, especially today, these gender wars, there's a lot of gender wars. And obviously this stuff started uh, many years ago when the man was taken out of the home. And, you know, it was just a different ball game uh, back then. But what you see now is that <clears throat> what you see now is that there's a many of many of our women obviously have grown up without their without their dads now for some reason i don't know i don't know if it's the television this reality tv stuff which we all like it you know i like the drama i like to laugh a little bit when i watch tv but i really don't watch tv that much but what you see is that these people have been able to be convinced that 
the black man is their enemy. Now, partially, let's let's be honest about one thing. Most of the women that I know that grew up with their father in their life or that, you know, that was either live with their dad and they, you know, had a cool home structure. None was perfect, but they live with their dad or the dad was strongly in their, in their life. Those women are not doing that. Mo the ones that I know, they're not a part of that. So we have to say that this is deep rooted. This came from somewhere else or it could be just from a woman that's really not strong uh, mentally. And women, just like men, I guess we all are selfish. Everybody's selfish to a degree. Everybody wants kind of what they want. As far as the alienation uh, process, I'll, I'll say it like kind of like how my dad would say it. You know, this world is not going to necessarily be fair. You know, it's not going to always be fair. But as a man, I just think that if you are able to hold yourself and and always maintain your respect and maintain control, a woman is always going to respect you. It doesn't matter what kind of liberation, whatever it is that she got going that stuff is not really going to matter that much. But some women are a little bit jaded and I'm not hating on anybody. Some are a little bit jaded. Um, and it's one subject that I'm not going to touch, but I really want to really, I <laughs> no, really want to. that's wanna, what we do here. This is I what really we wanna do. I really want to crack that joint. <laughs> I really want to crack that joint. This whole, you know, this thing about this, this same gender stuff, man, that, that is, that's cracking. That's, we're taking a beating on that stuff. And I ain't hating on nobody because my sister is, she's on that, you know, but I would just say that we're taking a beating and I still love her the same. You know, we're, we're taking a beating uh, with that. It seems that we're taking the brunt of the beating on, on everything. On we're every like the, at, the, at the bottom. Yeah. We're like the, at the bottom of, of every single thing. And it's like, wait, what's going on here? And let me just say this. What? Oh man. Let me give you this. Do you know who the longest lived person in America is? I do not. The longest lived person in America is the so-called European or, or white woman. What that means is this. If this, we can set this thing up, and I'm not saying that there are some hands that's moving, but I will tell you that there's got to be something. If we can set this up and we can convince people, we can con convince the black man and the black woman that they're not for each other, then what's going to happen is is that the black man, we're going to get this black man, and he's going to work in this system. Now, once he works in this system, he's probably going to die early from heart problems and all that, just like my dad did, single. And what's going to happen is, I can tell you, because I just went to cancel my dad's uh, pension yesterday. You know who's going to get that pension? The longest-lived person in America, the white woman. This is why it's never beneficial for a black man to be unmarried out here and have a job and be worked them 20, 30 years because your money is going to be gone. Most of you are dying anyway early. So your money is going to the so-called white woman to pay her pension because she's outliving everybody anyway. If you have a wife and you have a family, at least your money is going to stay in your family, at least till your wife is gone. If you have children under the age of 18, I notice like it's the back of my hand because I just dealt with these people. I've been dealing with them. Right. I notice like it's the black back of my hand. So it behooves us to be, listen, I don't care who you marry. That's on you. Do what you got to do. But what I'm saying is you better be married. You better be married, at least as a, as a man. So black women, you can help and you can you can help to build more wealth if you already working. Listen, if you already working 
and you married, you know, black woman, if you already working and you married, you know you got your money. But if some shit happens to your husband and he's worked all this time, you're going to get his pension. So that helps to create wealth, especially for your children. Now, if you got his pension or you got his whatever he's put in the Social Security coming in until you die, that gives your family that much more strength economically to keep building. But if we sell this dream about, nah, y'all need to be married and don't nobody need this and that, then what's going to happen is that money is going to, our money, we're going to work all these years. It's it's like a, it's a deeper level of slavery, except it's just in a, in a sense that it's unseen. So you're going to work all this time, you're going to work all this time, and your money is going to go over to the longest lived person in the United States. So there's going to be a switch of economic uh, power, not even a switch because we don't have any. So I don't even call it a switch, but it's going to be to where it's going to continue to go where it's not going to stay in your uh, community. But to answer your first to answer your first question, as far as the resources uh, are concerned, the resources, listen, the resources is the is the education in terms of the self-development. Mm. That's why I'm big on that. Listen, if you give me if you give me a job, let's say if you give me a job and you fire me tomorrow, I got to go look for another job. But if I learn information, listen, I could what I'm doing right now, health and wellness, uh, you know, just personal development information. I can take what I've read. I can take it anywhere in the world. I speak fluent Spanish. I could do this. I do this in a DR. So what I'm saying is that you have to become a commodity. I always tell guys. You not just guys, women, too. You have to become a commodity when you're easily replaceable. It's going to be tough for you. It's easy because you're no different from nobody else. So the thing is, I did a video about this other day. Everybody is killing themselves because they want to be like everybody else. You can't try to be like everybody else. You got to know that you have a gift. Whatever that gift is, you have to develop that. You can't look at Oprah. You can't look at Bill Gates. You can't look at Tiger Woods, Floyd Mayweather, Beyonce, because those people were born to be what and who they are. No amount of work on your part will allow you to be like them because they are in their paradigm. Now, you have something that you do better than Beyonce. Look at what you're doing. Beyonce can't do this. This stuff comes naturally to you. I see you getting on people and doing all that. This is a natural thing. But guess what? Michael Jordan can't talk about health and, and, and wellness like I could talk about it. So you understand that nobody is ever better than you. It's that we all have our strengths. They took the time to develop their strength and their natural gifts. I think if men did that, instead, you can't try to, dog, you can't try to be like Jay-Z. Jay-Z life was set up the way it's supposed to be set up for him to become what it is that he became from the drug dealer and all that. His dad wasn't there. That was shaped for him to be that way. If you try to go and be Jay-Z and you don't have those same you don't have the same environmental circumstances and things going that way. It's not going to work for you. And then what's going to happen is you're going to be sad. You're going to be upset and you're going to be depressed because you couldn't make it like Jay-Z. But it was never meant for you to make it like Jay-Z. It was meant for you to make it like you with your special talents. So I think that we all as men, first and foremost, so that we could take that step to start taking care of our families. You got to learn what it is that you great at, man. Now, guess what? If I make, uh, if Warren Buffett, if Jay-Z makes 50 or what, 500 million, if I make 5 million a year, 
You mean tell me I can't live off five million a year? It may not be meant for me to have that five hundred million. But guess what? If it's five hundred thousand, I can't live off. You tell me I one person can't. You can't take care of family. You can take care of family of five to seven to ten with five hundred thousand a year. You can do that. So what I'm saying is that first and foremost, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad would say, you gotta you gotta know yourself and and all that kind of stuff. I think that the resource always knows something. You are the resource. You are your Ooh. credibility. You know what I'm saying? All this, I, I need this and that. The creator is not going to make you be born just for you to look for everything outside yourself. Like my man Earl Nightingale said, the, the, the man's brain is the most powerful thing on earth inside of him. But yet it's the last place that he's going to look to solve his problems. Now, when I was born, when you were born, you wasn't born with this thing like you got to go to this building so you can find out everything you need to a lion a tiger a bear that i've never seen them reading books how do they know to kill and eat and do everything that they need to do it's because we're not operating off instincts you got to operate off your instincts off your gut feelings as my man dr b would say your gut feelings are messed up because of the food so you don't know your gut feelings mm. so the food is taking you all away it's taking you all off of your stuff because it's chemical. It don't matter if it's cocaine, if it's weed, whatever it is. The chemical is a chemical. If it's aspartame, sucralose, what MSG, it's all chemicals. That's why it's called the Food and Drug Administration. The same people that regulate aspartame is the same people that regulate cocaine and, and all these other drugs that's found that you take for high blood pressure and all that. It's the same. They're substances. Food and drug are both substances, which is why they're regulated by the same people. So don't think that you're separating. I'm going I'm to drink. I'm going to smoke this cigarette and then I'm going to eat this Twinkie. It's doing the same thing. One just may have the, the other impact stronger or faster than another, but they're both detrimental to your health in the long run. So you got to develop the resources. First of all, is you and you understanding, OK, I need to develop myself. I've never seen anything happen to anybody from developing themselves. People is just too lazy because they're used to depending on somebody else. I need somebody else. I need you didn't you came in this world alone. You're probably going to die by yourself. So you got to know that while a lot of things happen to you may not be your fault. It's your responsibility. So if it's your responsibility, then you better get to work. <laughs> Nobody's going to come and give you anything. Nobody. So you could, I could sit here and be like, oh, it ain't fair. And the, the women, they doing me like this and they doing me. Nah, people only do to you what you allow them to do to you. That's the reality. I've never seen a woman not respect. What? Listen, I got to I got to give you this because it's just the reality. If we look at the street game, the, the pimp stuff and all that. One of the things that <clears throat> I was never let me just get this up. I was never a pimp or selling women or anything. But one of the things that I did learn um, from many of those guys that was in that life is that you always have to show that you have a lot of value to a woman. Because when you show value in terms of you being able to help her or you being able to teach her or you being able to financially do things uh, for her, those three levels right there will get you respect anywhere in the world. You don't have to run up. Nobody has to, Beyonce doesn't have to beg people 
to to listen to her sing because it speaks for itself. So Tiger Wood, when he was in his prime or Floyd Mayweather, he don't have to beg people say, hey, I need y'all to come. Please come watch me fight. The man is undefeated. People are attracted to greatness. So they're going to come to you or you're going to your orbit. Everything's going to line up and it's all going to happen. The best thing I could tell people outside of the physical resources is to develop yourself and all of this stuff is going to happen for you. I promise you it, it will happen for you. It will happen just like the was it the what's the name orbits around the sun. I can't remember how that works, but it's all going to happen and it's going to come to you just like you think about people. You be like and then they call you or they send you an email. You be like, I was just thinking about you. Well, guess what? That's the same way your life works. The money likes to be around money. That's why people that don't have money, they continue to not have money. And the people that has money, they continue to get more money because you like to be around people that think and eat and talk just like you. So why would you think that money or wellness or people that are healthy, they don't like the same thing? All this stuff like what is it like attracts like mm -hmm. if you develop yourself, you're going to get the, the kind of person that you want because you're not going to be around a person unless you just. You on the low vibration, but I'm talking. I'm talking about you just want to get physical. But I'm talking about if you want to have sustain for the, the rest of your life, you're gonna be around somebody that, you know, if you're if you're thinking properly, you're probably gonna be around somebody that's that's like you or very similar. So, it it all, no matter what, it's always gonna fall back on you. You are the common denominator everywhere you go in life. Marcus Garvey told you that if a man is weak in America, he'll be weak in Europe. He'll be weak in Brazil. It don't matter. So Ooh. you got to it's, it's up to you. Ooh, I like that. Self-accountability and self-responsibility. I love it. There you go. Wow. Um, let me shift focus just a little bit just to kind of hone in on the fitness aspect of things. Because um, you're obviously fit. You know, you if anyone has seen your videos, they can see you actually, you know, the type of routines and a regimen you follow in regard to your fitness, but they can look at you. You know, you look good. Yeah. Um, we try, beloved. We try. <laughs> and I, I see us kind of like on two ends of the spectrum. Like, so we have a group of us. We, you already know how we get down. We live in the standard American diet and lifestyle. But then we have those of us who are into the fitness and we believe that we're healthy because we look a certain way. Um, and I'm always concerned. And I remember when I was interested in getting into um, fitness modeling at one time. But once I saw what was really going on, I was like, hmm, I, 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 this ain't really my speed because there was very little focus on the health side of things, everyone was looking to get a result. You just needed your body to look this way. So they would take anything, any type of supplement, any type of powder, any type of whatever. And if it got you the results, then bam, you look good. You go, you perform, you win. What I, what I want to get your thoughts on is, is men in particular, the brothers who we have on the other side of the spectrum. So they are fit. They do on the outside look good, but what they're eating is typically high protein diets is diets full of GNC supplements. And 
what I want, you know, you to kind of expound upon is just how do we bridge that gap between the health and fitness and what should men understand about trying to pursue that life of fitness and how not only is the outside important and look in a certain way, but the inside is what matters that yes, you can look good on the outside, but be deteriorating on the inside. Yeah. You said it, um, you said it best, you know, nutrition, physical fitness is not nutrition. And what I was explaining to somebody about a month ago, a month or so ago is that when I was bigger, when I was like, like, really training and doing all that stuff. But, you know, it was during the college and even, you know, in my pro, my first years of a professional, the thing is, is that I was like a brick wall and I was bigger. But the reality reality is that I was eating different foods. I was eating things that were probably not good for my sales, C-E-L-L-S, not good for my sales. So the thing is, when you start to get into that nutrition or that bodybuilding, you have to know one thing. You are going to damage your body because you're eating against the grain. That means that for somebody to tell me, hey, you got to eat six times a day. But what if I'm not hungry six times a day? <laughs> so what you what you what you're telling me or what you're telling your body is look, F you, I'm gonna force you to do whatever I want you to do. And like the I Ching wisdom tells you, Anything obtained by force is never wise, especially with the body. So if you're going against the body, the body is like, damn, I got to break down more stuff. Damn. I, again, again, you're doing that six times. And the body is like, hold on. I will tell you when I need more in me. That's why your stomach growls. Once your stomach growls, that's the indication that fat is about to start burning. That's really how people lose weight. If you really want to lose weight, let your stomach growl. That's the indication that now everything is ran out and now the body is about to start burning fat that's on the body. That's just a tip for anybody that wants to lose weight. It's not going to hurt you to let your stomach growl. That's when everybody starts running haywire, putting stuff in. But the body will let you know when it's time for you to eat. Now, if you're doing more, then naturally you can put more in, but you got to know that you don't want to abuse. Once you start going to these places where I need to get this creatine, this powder, this, all of that, if you eat the right foods, the body is going to put all of that stuff together. But now you're going and you're taking this stuff that was made in the lab. You're not doing hemp or moringa powder or spirulina or kelp or uh, sea moss. You're not using that to build your protein. You're using all of this whey and milk stuff and all these other things that you probably can't pronounce or don't even know what it is. You're going to damage your kidneys. You're going to damage your liver. These are your body's filters. You're putting too much. you got to realize the liver synthesizes fat. It's involved in removing ammonia from the blood. It's involved in detoxifying, moving out, removing alcohol and all this other stuff. This is why a lot of people get the hepatitis especially drug users, because they have damaged it to the degree that it can't even process no more. So it's going to just stay in there. So anybody that's working out, I would encourage you that if you need the protein, number one, you could go with hemp powder, natural. You could go with moringa. You could go with sea powder. There's all kind of green pea powder. There's all kind of rice or rice, whatever you call it, rice. I mean, but you could do the greens. That's my thing. And then there's so many different things that you can offer. You can just offer 
in the terms of the non-meat stuff. Because when you consume excessive meat or any meat, you got to know that meat is just foreign DNA. Foreign DNA in the body is called a virus. So what you're consuming is a virus every time mm. you consume meat. And that meat is not going to be digestible. Now, you could say that, well, animals eat all this. Yeah, a lion or a tiger has a five feet worth of intestines. You got 20 feet. So that meat is going to stay in you God knows how long. And hopefully it doesn't stick to your colon walls. But we know it does with most people. If you read the book by Arnold Erick, The Mucusless Diet, it tells you that during that time where they were doing all these autopsies on people, they had hard fecal matter stuck to the walls of the colon. So the level of your sickness is going to be determined by what's in your stomach. All sickness comes through the stomach when it cannot be eliminated by you excessively eating all that stuff. That's why when you see people that work out, if they stop working out for two weeks, they get flabby and fat. They don't just, they don't go down and shrink and be skinny. They get flabby and fat because of all that garbage that's in the body, the waste. That's what it is. It's not plumped up by lifting the weights. It's not pumped up. It's sagging. And guess what? That's waste. And if you're not looking like you was in high school, well, granted, if you weren't, if you were like overweight and stuff in high school, I don't mean that in a general sense. If you're not looking like you were in high school, then that means that you have excessive waste. Weight. W E double is a W E I G H T equals waste W A S T E. So what you what a lot of these bodybuilders have on their body is just waste because the body can't process all that. I, if you could, man, I swear to y'all could just look at how many Big Macs and all of this stuff they be they be eating like six and seven at one time. Pizza. What body? <laughs> yeah, like like what body do you know can process? All of that. Here's the thing. Remember, I told you that I used to eat three and four Big Macs and I had a, a certain metabolism. But guess what I would do? I was running two and three and four and five and six miles. I was practicing every day. The, I promise you, the bodybuilders, you know, they don't do cardio because if they did, they would lose all of that. It would be too much. So they can't do cardio. And you need to work the cardio muscle. That's another thing with people that's lifting and doing all that. You got to work the cardio muscle. The cardio muscle that's in the heart, that's in that heart area that beats 24-7, that's constantly moving. That's why it's called cardio when you're doing 30 minutes is that you're working that muscle. But most of the people that's into that type of lifestyle, they don't want to do that because they're going to lose. They're going to lose a lot. And it's all about the aesthetic with a lot of people. So you're going to damage yourself, man. You're damaging basically and in, in short when you go that route. You're damaging your organs. That's what I would say. You're putting too much pressure on your organs. The body will tell you when it's time to eat. I know you see you started me on this. You it's uh, it's your fault. You started <laughs> me on this long-winded stuff. You can't open this can because I go through this with people. I'm about to go to Planet Fitness today in the evening and get my grinding because now I gotta get cut and brolic for the summer. I've been slacking, not slacking, I do my push-ups, but now I'm about to get back to my old college stuff to where I'm cut and shredded so that I can really convey the right message to people because people respond to the aesthetic. So if you can look yes, aesthetically good, mm -hmm. if you can look good and, and have the information, they'll, they'll believe it more. But let's be honest about something. We got to keep it 100. Most of the people that pushes the clean eating, most of them are not 
You know, they're not super cut up. Any, they're very small, most of them. They're very small just for whatever reason. They just, this just, this is what they do. It is how it is. But I'm looking to, you know, combine both the, the mind thing and the nutrition with the exercise. So that just showing people that, look, you can, it's cool to do this, but this is how you're going to do it. But as far as that, I, you know what? I call them, you know, and a lot of my guys, I call them meatheads. I said, man, you, y'all, y'all meatheads, man. Y'all just walk around big and all that. And, you know, to for competition, you know, I guess it is is good. But there are a lot of guys that, um, even on the vegan side of things, you're still eating too much sometimes, man. Just because oh, you're a vegan, oh, don't mean you on. you healthy. Oh, yeah, just just because you, you know, what I mean, just because you you vegan or you vegetarian, it doesn't equate to health. This right. is what I try to explain to people. It, like that, I know people that that eat a little meat that's healthier than them, mm. and I'm like, look. You know what I'm saying? Don't think that just because you you're doing that. First of all, you're loading up on starches, and you know it's like you eating this vegan transition food. And you got to realize the vegan. If you're gonna eat the vegan transition food, you're gonna live off the vegan, the chicken nuggets and all this old stuff. That still has garbage in it, by the way. And even if you do all of that vegan, that diet cheese and all that, you still gotta be careful with that stuff. Because a lot of that stuff have traces of certain things in it. Right. If you're going to turn to that lifestyle, what I would suggest for anybody, if you care about your health, is to focus more on the micronutrients. The micronutrients are the vitamins and the minerals. And you're generally going to get that from fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. That's not as starchy. So I'm not saying don't don't eat potatoes and all that. Because you can, because the actually the, the weightlifters, they use a lot of potatoes and, and corn and rice. I'm not, that's actually not bad. Like people give it the bad name, but if you're not doing anything and you're not drinking that water and you're not adding those micronutrients, it's not going to be a good thing. Cause most people have sedentary uh, lifestyles with their job. Right. And, and that's something I try to explain to people as well. First of all, you know, we, we, try to make an argument for GMOs that because we're afraid that the food supply is going to deplete. But the fact of the matter is we're overeating and that you got to use common sense. If you know you sit at a desk all day and then there versus there is John Doe who's actually laying brick all day, how do you think you require more food than he does? Why would you need to eat every two hours? It doesn't make sense. And I have told people from experience, I destroyed my digestive system doing that. Destroyed it to the point where I had gotten so bad, anything that I ate, I became nauseated. Mm. Like it was, and I was plugging it up. Like, okay, go hard, you know, pumping the hard weight and I'm going to build muscle and eating every two hours. I mean, I would wake up at 5 a.m. and have a full breakfast. I'm eating four eggs and three slices of turkey bacon. And this is healthy. Two hours late and I'm either, you know, eating chicken balls. Two hours after that, I'm eating a chicken salad. You know what I mean? And it was nonstop, mm -hmm. all of that. And like you said, even with eating a vegan lifestyle, overeating is not good because the body doesn't begin to cleanse until digestion stops. So the more that you are plugging your system over and over and over, it hasn't even had a chance to process the first 
bit of food that you put in. And there you go. It's like, and that's why people get itis. It's like, Negro, we got to put you to sleep because if we don't, <laughs> you ain't going to stop eating. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm glad you said that. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's a good point. Man, yeah, it's it's so much to it's so much to talk about. Even with that, think about when you put gas in a car. When you put gas in a car, does that car shut off? No. The car keeps going further. But when you put food in your body, you get sleepy. That means that you're eating the wrong things and you got the wrong food combinations. Because the body is like, this is too much for me to break down. So let's start making you sleepy. Like you said, we got to put you to sleep. Anesthesia, pretty much. We got to put you to sleep so we can get this. So we can get this done. So a lot of us respond to um, we toxic eat and we confuse appetite with hunger. You mentioned the the construction worker. Hunger is a construction worker been out there grinding he it's deserved appetite is i want that so i can never be truly hungry for ice cream i can just have an appetite for it which is why you'll see somebody eat ice cream after they just had a full meal now you know that you full but you're going to eat the ice cream because you want it not because you have a hunger for it and we cross those two all the time which is why you can go in and eat you 10 12 muffins Nothing wrong with sweets. Do what you got to do. I'm just saying you got to you can't eat the non uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't eat the non nutrient dense stuff in place of the hunger. Your your meals have to have nutrients in it is what I'm saying. Otherwise, it's like Lay's potato chips. Lay's can tell you in your face. You can't just eat just one because this don't have no minerals in it. We know we, this don't have minerals. This doesn't have nutrients. So you're going to eat that whole bag and you're not going to be full, but you're going to have all those calories. And you're going to have all those additives in your body. So we've done our job and you're going to buy another bag tomorrow. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it, you can't stop. We're going to keep you coming back. Right. And man, let's see. It's crazy. Um, Are, are you good on time? I know we kind of running over a little bit. Oh, I'm not. Listen, I'm shit. I'm built for this. This is okay. what I'm here for. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I'm for this. I'll be waiting and itching. Okay, just wanted to make sure we were still good. Um, but you know, just kind of to elaborate more on your point is that <clears throat> people can't figure out how they can carry so much weight but still be nutrient deficient, and the indicators are always on the outside. And I always tell people, look at your eyes, look at your nails, look at your teeth and look at your hair. When those things start to deplete or degenerate, this is a signal. Like your hair shouldn't be, I'm I'm looking at the NBA players and the 20 year olds and they're already almost bald. Like you you have something is happening. Your hair shouldn't, you shouldn't be bald in the front of your head at 21 years old. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's just something yeah. happened on the inside. Like you got to get to that piece first and address that. And when we look at our eating habits, it's like, oh, well, we see when you spend most of your day eating processed things, fast food things, most people don't eat anything, as you mentioned, fresh. There is no fresh yeah. fruit or vegetable. 
So That's regardless right. of it being, you know, some not even cooked vegetables, it, it's a normal flow. And people are like, well, how I just can't, you know, do the health thing because you eat the same thing over and over. You're a lie. You eat the same thing all the time. You eat Chick-fil-A all the time. You eat Chinese food all the time. You eat chicken and waffles all the time. <laughs> so it's just a shift in mindset so we can kind of begin to see how these things are connected. I'm, <clears throat> I made that point last night during the interview that just what you said, that same point, like, look, you talking about what you can't eat every day. Come to the Caribbean. We eat rice and beans every day. Avocados every day. In Jamaica, I key every day. Coconuts. You can eat the same. Stop acting like you got to have all of this variety each and every. You don't. You can eat stuff. Listen, 65% of the world's primary staple in food is rice. So listen, we have this thing about, oh, you got to avoid rice. Okay, let's just say that the creator is, the creator of the earth is, is fair and just. Do you think that the creator of the earth will make people's main stay in terms of food rice, but then kill them for eating the rice? You got to know something. Number one, we falling short because a lot of our preparation methods. How is it that the Japanese eat rice every day, a couple times a day, in smaller doses, yet they're the longest lived people on earth? Why is that? Now, I know that genetically they're different than we are. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that we have to look at a lot, of, because a lot of people, even in the islands, they, they do rice, but they're not overly, they do a lot of moving around too. And plus, they're near the equator. They have the sun to convert that cholesterol into usable vitamin D, which is another factor. But all in all, what we're saying is that it's, a, it's the way that you prepare a lot of your stuff. You can't put butter and gravy and all this other stuff on your rice and think that you're going to be that healthy. The amount of rice you consume, the kind of rice you consume. So all of these things are factors, but you can eat the same thing every day or you can... Vary them. There's different kind of beans you could eat. You could eat lima beans. You could eat black beans. You could eat northern beans. You could eat black eyed peas like what I'm cooking right now. They'd be ready in two hours. <laughs> you could do you could do all of that stuff. You can do all that stuff. I also think that a big issue is that people they haven't really taken the time to learn the recipes and the things that they can do. So they'll ask you, What can I eat? What can I eat? Because they they used to the hamburger and all this other stuff. But there's plenty of things to eat. And, and I got to be honest with you. I don't tell people, look, you got to stop eating me. I don't I don't do that because you're going to run away people. I don't, I don't do that. But what I will say is that you got to drastically cut down on it. That is not negotiable. And you have to watch the way that you prepare that stuff. Because once you start getting into because we love, oh, I got to have my bacon crispy. I used to love, love my bacon crispy. I got to have my bacon crispy. Got to have my, my chicken fried crispy. What you're doing is you're consuming burnt foods, which are high in acrylamides, which also coffee beans are high in acrylamides because they roast those coffee beans. So anybody that's up here drinking coffee every day, you got to know you're consuming free radicals just for your information. So all in all, we have to be cognizant of how we prepare this stuff and the amount that we you don't need five pieces of chicken, man. 
Come on, man. You don't need <laughs> you don't need five pieces. Of, you don't need. Do you know Boston Markets? They go get Boston Market, give you a half a chicken, a whole chicken. And Emma Effa sit there and they eat that whole thing. I know because I was one of them. I was and about I to ate say. that. I was eating and bodying that. And I'm sitting there like, did I really like I ate a whole bird or half a bird? I didn't. What was I doing? And I ate my sides. Oh, you don't so, have to tell me. I, this, this was me. This was the culture. Yeah. Like, I yeah. grew up in the country. So, and because I was small coming up, like, I, uh-uh, girl, go in there and get you something else. No, go ahead. Yeah. Don't no, let her eat. Go on and eat. And so, I used to watch my stepfather eat. And I began to be like, wow, that's amazing. He can sit there and eat <laughs> that much. And so, I wanted to master that. I said, I'm going to master the art of eating. I'm going to figure out how you can eat like that. And this is this is my thinking as a kid. So it was prideful when they'd be like, boy, that girl there can eat now. That girl can eat. And Golden Corral, that was my spot in North Carolina. Like, all you can eat buffet, like, I put it down. Three plates off top. Like, no questions. I mean, you know, roast beef, macaroni and cheese, you know, mashed potatoes. Listen, even at transitioning over to a healthy lifestyle, I still have had to check myself on overeating because it was a learned habit and I, and it has taken time to reprocess. This is where the awareness part comes in, where you become aware of you're no longer hungry, that you don't have to get to where you're about to bust, like paying attention to you're no longer hungry. Stop. This is enough. And it takes it takes practice because that is just not what we're taught to do. And I see, particularly for the men in my family, the men were always supposed to eat more. The men, you you leave the big piece of chicken for daddy, you know. So yep. now to have them transition, oh, it's like how, how does I'm a man, you know? I supposed to have my yep. meat and potatoes. Yep. So how do I transition from that? You want me to eat a salad? What is this BS? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's, you know what? Same thing I said last night. Coming back to, we don't have nutritional legacy. We don't have that. So from the time that we're born, we're given all of these foods. But if at birth, if from the time that we're younger, we're taught to eat this certain way, what will happen is our kids will grow up, next generation, they'll grow up, and they'll be accustomed to eating a cleaner diet. So what that's going to do is they're going to give that to their children because that's what they know. And it's going to continue to go. Usually, usually we don't deviate from our diet. Look, the, the diet is harming, is harming us and we ain't deviating from that. So if it's good and it tastes good, we're not going to deviate. And long after we're gone, we will have passed down that nutritional legacy. See, we don't have that in our community. There is no right. nutritional legacy. We don't have that. You know, it's just even my Hebrew Israelites in, in Demona, Israel, it's a community of 5,000 of them over there. They are the first full-fledged vegan uh, religious sect. They are vegan. Now, the one thing that I told them, I try to stay on them. I said, look, y'all. Y'all over there feeding folks that that uh that soy stuff, man. We got to cool out on that soy, but it's better than you know the alternatives. But even still, you still got a lot of that um 
you know, the, the unhealthy veganism, you know, throughout that. I guess so. You know, it's just one of those things where nothing may not necessarily be perfect, but I, I would say that they have taken a step uh, in the right direction and their children are going to grow up. They grow up eating a certain way. So I think right. that that's something that we could, you know, we could really we got to make it cool. It's got to be a it's That's that's probably why I'm doing the workout. I try to talk like once I go out, like I got I got a lecture in Toronto on the 25th. I got Chicago 14th, 15th. Like you'll see me like in, you know, I'm I'm here. to I'm going to be myself. Obviously, I'm from Detroit, but all in all, I want to I'm I'm tailoring my the way that I present myself because you got to reach the younger, you got to reach the younger generation. Obviously, you got to reach the people that's that's your age. But it's got to be cool to them. You got to make this stuff look cool for them to to grasp it. If people people buy Michael Jordan shoes because they're gonna be cool, they'll pay that two hundred. They'll cry about them them five ninety nine organic grapes, but they'll pay that two hundred. <laughs> Why? Because because they see value in that the Michael Jordans or that that Michael Kors. And they don't see the value in their food. Oh, yeah. Oh, I hear that one. All them great, some organic grapes, boy. Yeah, they be hidden. <laughs> they be hidden. They, they be, oh, that's going to tear my pockets up. All right, man. You got on them Jordans, though. All right. <laughs> well, let me ask yeah. you this. Um, Just thinking about just men in general and, and lifestyles, I'm thinking more about family and community. Um, For the ladies out there, you know, we know dealing with men for the most part, even before we've even got on the whole healthy and natural tip, men don't really like doctors and the health stuff, just, just overall. Um, so what would you say, I guess, for, to the brothers who have women, you know, who are trying to look out for their well being, and who, you know, kind of on that whole dismissive or argumentative type flow, what would you say to those brothers or even the women who are trying like, how do we best support our men? It's one of those things to where people don't like to be told what to do. It's not just men. They'll rebel. Um, they'll coming back to what I said earlier. It's, it's difficult. Cause if a man is not looking to improve himself, it's going to be tough. So if I have, if I have a woman, if I have a woman, I'm obviously with her because she represents things that I find virtuous that can help that, you know, that brings great things to the situation. So when she brings something to me, I'm going to adhere to that. I'm going to at least take a hard listen to whatever it is that she brings. So I think that part is that pride thing. Oh, I don't want to switch over to this because then it's going to make it look like she she changed my life or whatever. But that's what you want. Don't you want your you want somebody that's going to change your life. I want I don't want a woman that's going to put a battery in my back and make me go out and pull a pistol on somebody. But that's what a lot of dudes have. They like, oh, yeah, he did this. So they running out. But when you have a woman that's going to look out for your better, it's hard. It's hard because. Here's the thing. I'm going to go ahead and just come on out with it. Before I can even deal with the wellness stuff, it's like I got to be a psychiatrist and a psychologist, too. <laughs> right. It's it's too much. It's a lot. So while something may be on the surface, it, the answer ain't really as 
simple. But what I would say is, man, listen to your listen to your wifey, man. You got to listen to her because she's not telling you. Listen, I know people that broke up marriages over this marriages that broke up over this because guys didn't want to adhere to what and and they kept feeding the kids certain foods like no i'm gonna do it anyway and tell you don't feed them steak they're used to eating this and then he gives them that and then they all messed up so i've seen people kind of go their separate ways over this thing so what i would say is you have to be able to recognize a good thing, or especially if your woman is doing a good thing, you got to be able to recognize that nobody, if she's with you, then she loves you off the strength. Now, if she's bringing positive stuff to the relationship, you have to be able to listen, man. When uh, I got to say this, my, my ex girl, she was from the DR. When I tell you that I didn't have to lift a finger and all the good food, she clean food, all of that. I was heaven on earth. Do you hear me? I would love, I can't imagine somebody saying that. I don't know if guys understand that she's refueling you to help you to go out to earn or do whatever for the family. If you don't have the right fuel, you can't put 87 gas in a Benz, a 2015 Benz. You can't do that. You have to put the 91 premium in that Benz or the the Rolls Royce. And so what you have is you're running on the wrong fuel and your girl recognizes that. Now, you have to be smart enough to say, you know what? Even though I don't like it, even though I, you know, I have an ego, a, set, a little bit of an ego in it because I don't want to change. I don't want to make it like she's just running me. Um, I got to know that, you know, I want to be around. I want to improve sex life. I want to do whatever. So I'm going to be willing to do this. But the best thing that women could do is to be the example. If you looking good, if you looking good, and other dudes is noticing that, usually you, two things can happen. Your man is he's gonna either fall in line, or he's gonna backtrack and he's gonna start to have self esteem issues, and and kind of degrade a little bit. I've seen it from all levels, right. but you know what I'm saying because he can't. You know what is it? Over projection is insecurity. So if he's going that way, then he's insecure about something. So the best thing that you could do is to hold, keep your stuff together. And when this cat see, I, I listen, I know a lady that her husband just did it. She lost 60 pounds and now he on it. He like, oh, no, I got to get I got to get right. I got to get right. He's he on it, but he's losing, though. Right. Whatever motivates you, though. Right. But see, that's a he's a sensible cat. Now, at first he wasn't with it. But now he like, whoa, she lost 60 and man, I need to be able to keep up in the sack. And she'd be clowning him sometime, you know, just I'm giving you the real. She'd be clowning him like, yeah, he think it's all these dudes looking at me. Now, oh, now he want to get ready now. So it's like, yeah, whatever it takes. But listen to your, you know, listen to your, um, listen to your wife, man, or whoever, your girl or whatever. You're just your girlfriend. Anybody that has a, anybody that's trying to invest in you to be better, you should always Listen to them. You know, these are things that, you know, a second or third grader should know. You know what I mean? So not not disrespecting nobody, just saying that we tend to run away from the things that are good for us. I don't know why. I don't know why. It's just, you know. Well, let me get your uh, final thoughts just on, you know, just solutions, which I think, you know, we've talked about a lot of them. 
um, yeah. with with self being the first and foremost. But just to the black man listening who is trying to get started on their journey or, or even debating it, maybe they're on the fence. Like why, okay. first of all, is now most, now's the time. You know, more important than ever. Doesn't matter how many times they may have stopped or started, or or maybe they don't even have any issues. Like, why is now the time to get started, and and how? Like, just what do I need to do mm-hmm. to just jump into this thing and get it going? Now is the time to get started because the way that the world, specifically, if we're talking specifically uh, black men, the way that the world views you. Well, not the world, well, at least in the, in the West, but much of the world, because I've been around the world. But the way that the world views you, you have to be on your toes at all times. If you are high, if you are inebriated, people ask, man, why you don't get high? Why you don't smoke? Ain't nothing wrong with it. Because, dog, where I'm going, I can't be on no drugs. I can't be high. I can't make it if I'm high. If I don't know what's going on, I need to be alert. So one of the things that we have to leave behind us is the coping mechanisms. And the reason that we have to leave those coping mechanisms behind us is because your problems are still going to be there when you come off that high. They're not going anywhere. And all that's doing is delaying you slaying the dragon. So yeah, you're going to get high and all you're going to do is damage your organs. And then when you get, you're losing twice. Because when you get back, the problem's going to be there and the problem's probably going to be a little bit bigger than it was before. So you always want to Make a habit of dealing with whatever you need to deal with slowly, but sure. If you smoke five cigarettes a day, you know, try to smoke four cigarettes for a week. You don't have to do this thing overnight. And I know that it's easy. I know people that have stopped cold turkey. So we know that, again, you are the resource. The mind is the most powerful thing. You don't need all those hundreds of programs. Programs do, they assist, but they're not necessary. They're too but they're not necessary. It's like it's like if I need to go to the store, a, a car is easier, but a bike will work. And although a bike will work, my legs will work. Although it may take me longer, I can still get there. That's the way of the process of healing or weaning yourself from something. Yeah, there are easier ways, but the simplest way is to start with your brain. So... In terms of what are the things that we can do? I would say getting up early morning, going to sleep uh, early, getting up early and starting your day with reading the reason or exercise, both. Maybe read 20, 30 minutes and then you can do some exercise. The reason that I recommend that is because you're waking up fresh off of sleep. When you try to go like at six and seven at night, sometimes like I do, the day has gotten to you and you may be a little bit more tired, but when you wake up and you put that on the brain of 30 minutes, uh, and one of the things that I did, uh, <clears throat> one of the things that I did learn is it's good to, to learn vocabulary, maybe one word a day or one word a week. And if it's one word a week, that's what four words a month. That's 48 words a year. Now you can't help, but to have a different outlook on life, and to expand your life if you know more words. So if I know what cash securities and fiscal year and all this stuff mean, I don't have a choice but to know about finance. But if I don't know what that is, 
then I'm not going to know what finance is. So waking up, starting the day with some good mental food, we skip all the way over that. We think, oh, just nutrition. But you got to put mental food in there. You got to eat mentally because if you don't eat mentally, you're going to starve. And once you starve mentally, your spirit is going to be taxed and that's going to pull on your physical battery. So you want to build up that mind first. And then once your as your mind gets better, hear me out, Miss D. Rook, hear me out. As your mind gets better, mm -hmm. you're going to make better choices on the food because you can't think a certain way and then eat that other way. It doesn't work like that. Once you start thinking a certain way, once you think better about yourself and you have more knowledge, you're going to like, man, let me try this over here. Let me try this bean burger right here. Now, I never had it before, but I'm going to try this bean burger. And that's going to lead to different things. So you got to start with the self-development in the morning, just 30 minutes a day. If you can't do 30 minutes a day, do 15 minutes a day. Be thankful. You got to wake up and be thankful. Even though my dad is not here and it's very difficult in his last month, I'm thankful that I had that time to spend with him and he gave me a lot of wisdom in those last days. And I'm going to tell you now, I don't want to use the word that I don't give a F, but I'll just say that I'm more determined now than ever. And I really don't care about what anybody say, do, think or anything because I sat there and I watched my pops decline in front of my face. So I know firsthand what health issues will do to you, especially the heart. And I know the kind of guy that, that my dad was, and he was a single guy. I'm sure he had his female friends and all that, but it's nothing like getting you somebody to love you, a wife, all of that stuff, to take care of you, to look out for you. If my dad would have had a wife with him that that's talking what you're talking on that eating cleaner, he'd still be here right now. He'd still be here because you can't do that. You, you can't do that on a solo. You can't do that on solo. So get you, get you, uh, you know, did the boy, if you're 18, you know, you still, you don't really, you straight, you don't need all that right now. You could just kind of, but you still need to improve yourself. Fresh produce. If you ain't heard nothing else, you got to eat you or drink you one green drink a day because that's a bulletproof vest. You cannot, you're not just going to run. Police don't, if you ever see police doing a raid, they don't run up in a house just in regular stuff. They run in covered up. So even though they may get shot, they have a better chance that that bullet is going to bounce off that vest. Now, it may penetrate sometimes, but the odds go up. So a green drink, less fried foods. I think that's the number one thing on the list. You got to cut the fried foods out because you're damaging the arteries. The arteries is the blood flow. The blood flow is crucial to your existence. As the, as the Bible used to tell us, the life of, uh, of any animal is in the blood. It was blood circulation. Then that means that that's the, that's you're killing a live uh, bodies, but no blood circulation. You're going to cease to exist. So we got to keep that blood circulation going to keep your thoughts uh, better. Um, it's something else I'm missing. The water consumption. I think I, I touched on that uh, earlier. Working on the stomach. But see, the, the fresh produce, the fiber, the high fiber rich foods, which will help cleanse that colon. The pears, the uh, grapes, uh, you could do cucumbers too. The green foods, you need to sweep. What you want to do is sweep the intestines because the intestines are backed up, which is causing the chemical flows, the, the additives and all the stuff that you consume to circulate back into the blood, which you don't have clear thoughts. 
But more importantly, you, when you have a backed up, when you have a stomach that's backed up, you can't receive messages from the creator or from the earth. This is why it's always best to go with plants because plants have messages and you want to be clear in your thoughts all of the time, man. That's all I can say. I mean, it ain't really, it's, it's nothing to it really, but to do it, but a diet, if you eat meat, just cut down. If you eat meat five, seven times a week, try to do it six times a week or five times. As you go and you get better and you improve on this, what's going to happen is you're going to start cutting down on your own because you're going to see the benefits. I never like to tell anybody or force anybody to do anything. I want you to do it on your own so that it's sustainable. If I force you to do it or if I try to force you to do it, you're going to rebel. That's why I just let people do it. I'm not going to tell you not to eat this. I'll just tell you what it's going to do to you and you can make the decision. I love it. I love it. Brother, I so appreciate having you on, taking the time. It's been awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a benefit to all the brothers who tune in. Um, let the good people know, you know, where to find you, where you are, your website, social media information, anything you have yeah, coming up. Okay. Yeah, I can be found on at Cochise Taraksa, C-O-C-H-I-S-E-T-A-R-A-K-S-A-A. And I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Usually the videos that I put up on Instagram, they're truncated, they're short because of the Instagram uh, guidelines. But if you want to see like all of my four videos, you can do that on YouTube or you can do it on the um on the Facebook. Uh, this is Cochise.com is the website. Uh, my books can be found there or they can also be found on Amazon.com. I do have a, a supplement line coming uh, probably within the next two to three weeks. Vegan supplements, clean, non-GMO. Um, I will start with, um, I have a plant iron plus formula. That's, you know, a lot of women have issues with, um, with losing iron during that time of the month, but also people that deal with sickle cell or anemia issues, anemia issues, I should say. So I have the plant iron plus formula, uh, eight to 10 different herbs, 100% uh, absorbable, bioavailable by the body. And um, I have a multivitamin for men that's going to nourish that area that we just talked about. It's going to nourish that area, but it's also going to give you the other nutrients. For women, we have the uh, women's complete uh we have the women's multi that's going to nourish the breast nourish the female reproductive system with ovaries cervix all of that we have a brain formula that's going to help with concentration alertness and we have a hair formula that hair formula has about 12 to 15 of the best uh herbs on the planet that are known for growing and sprouting hair so i'm going to start with those and then i'll probably build i want to get up to i can never say what i want to get up to but it's probably going to grow to well over 100 products because I have so many ideas. And then Nick, that next batch will be the arteries formula and all this kind of stuff. So this nice. is uh, what, I, what I'll be putting all my energy into. You know, it's been a racket trying to get all of it done, you know, but this is uh, and this will allow me another thing. This will allow me to, you know, just to be able to do more of these things and, you know, have podcasts and, and just give more free information because, 
I'll have a sustainable business where I can just do this 24-7, just give information. I want to be able to give the content. You know, you could buy the product, but I just want to be able to give the content away. That's really what I want to be able to do. So I may uh, make some low low price uh, courses, too, for high blood pressure, e-courses, you know, like videos and stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that. Wow, man, that was awesome. Good people, check out the good brother Cochise. This is Cochise.com. And that's a wrap. So until next time, peace. Thanks for listening to the Project Rook Podcast. Remember, you are your greatest assignment. Until next time.